Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. It sounds like the plot of some science fiction horror movie from the late 90s. A warming planet causes ice to melt in the Arctic Circle releasing a heretofore unseen virus from the past that threatens the entire world, a zombie virus, come back to life to kill us all. If it seems like the plot of a horror movie from the 90s, the only thing you got wrong is the year. There have actually been at least two movies based on exactly this premise. Number one, Lethal Virus, which IMDb rates at a 1.7 out of 10 stars, so I don't recommend it is predicated on the notion that climate change has released ancient rabies virus trapped in the Antarctic ice. Now, that's Antarctic, not Arctic, but who cares, really? A female scientist is trying to save the world protected by blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's one. Go back another 13 years, you find The Thaw, starring no less than Val Kilmer as Dr. Crouppen, the scientist brought in to solve the problem of Arctic polar ice cap melting, which has now released, you guessed it, a deadly prehistoric parasite, that threatens the entire planet. Rated a little bit better on IMDb at five stars, but still, no great shakes. And yet, here we are watching the headlines, which say, Zombie virus awakened after 48,000 years as a threat to humanity. And just because it sounds like a science fiction movie, that doesn't mean it can't really be true. A team of European scientists has, in fact, figured out a way to revive a 48,000-year-old virus from Siberian permafrost exposed due to rising temperatures around the planet. Permafrost is any land officially that's been continuously frozen for two or more consecutive years, in this case, almost 50,000 years. As such, permafrost offers us the opportunity to study things from the past that are frozen in time, so to speak, many of which are unfamiliar microbes, including ones called extremophiles, which are those that are able to survive through extreme conditions like, you know, freezing in long time. Current research being done by the study's lead author Jean-Michel Clavery and his colleagues at Aix Marseille University in France has been published. It's preprint, so it's not been peer-reviewed, but what they're trying to do is get a better understanding of the scope of the risks posed by these so-called zombie viruses. And of course, if you go online and you publish a paper about zombie viruses from the 50,000-year-ago permafrost, people are going to freak out, especially on Twitter, where they've now taken to calling it opening up of Pandora's box, which is a bit of a trite reference to Greek mythology, but also do keep in mind that the oldest isolated virus from the study is actually called Pandora virus Yodoma. Maybe they shouldn't have called it that. That does invite comparisons, right? And various people have been saying things like, please stop, put it back, leave it alone. After two years of lockdowns, this is what we're doing? Seriously? But if the headlines concern you and you, like I have seen too many movies and dramatically had our worldview shaped on threats to humanity and the like by said movies, here's the good news. It's not a danger to humans. In fact, the viruses only infect the amoeba. Now, maybe we should be doing more to protect global amoeba supply, but hear me out. Things that are bad for the amoeba don't really have any risk to humans. As the study's lead author told Newsweek, such viruses will never infect a human cell because evolution of close to a billion years separates human cells from the amoeba. In this case, it's not relevant that the pathogens are from 50,000 years ago. It's relevant that their target is from massively different evolutionary pathways. 
He goes on to say, the accumulated differences in the functioning of human cells versus the amoeba cells make these viruses incapable of infecting humans. Okay, so if they're not a threat to humans and they're not really related to humans, why are they studying this? Well, out of the concern that maybe if amoeba viruses can survive that long in the permafrost, possibly ones that would be dangerous to humans could survive that long as well. And if they come from a radically different environment, say of 50,000 or 100,000 years ago, the concern is that over time, as we are attacked by viruses and then adapt to them and develop resistance or defenses, when those viruses go away entirely, humans invest more of their genetic information into defending against other things which are more current threats. And so what humans might have been able to fight off, say, 50,000 years ago, we have become more vulnerable to in the interim. It might seem weird because you would think it'd be more primitive in the past, but the point is, is that we're constantly adapting to our environment. And it might be something along the lines of a person having an immunity to, say, the Omicron variant, but not having an immunity to the base variant of COVID-19. But here we're talking about a time frame of two years, as opposed to a time frame of 50,000 years, and a lot can change in the gene pool over 50,000 years of virus fighting. So as far as the general threat here goes, not really a threat. The rumor you're reading on social media is not accurate, and the portrayal of this as some big threat to humanity is really bad journalism. On the other hand, theoretically, could there be something that could be a threat to humanity that might be found in the ice and wouldn't be, let's say, a doppelganger alien life form that eats people's hands like in The Thing? Yeah, that's a real possibility. Maybe not much of a possibility, but studying how these things work over time with amoebas might give us clues to be able to help solve a problem that could develop if something like this ever did come out of the permafrost that was dangerous to humans. Oh, and if you really want to make any of these movies good, have John Carpenter direct them. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to The Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek.